control now. You fucking mark! Ding dong. Hello? Subhana Yes, Allah, that's right. Rise and praise, infidels, as we stand at the edge of World War III. The sons of Allah are victorious once again. Blaze Haram, Hacker Hameen, tearing down the wrestling world. And we've got a hostage here in the studio in the missile silo. He thought he could escape, but it was too easy to target him. RBV commands a heavy price, and you infidels will pay. Here on the Monday Locker Room. YOLO! <laughs> oh, YOLO, YOLO. What's good, guys? What's good? Back in the studio with who you know. And man, what a great Monday it is uh, to kick it off as we go into halloween week for all you uh freaks out there uh y'all uh, but rbv richard bronson victory mr hot wheels himself the ohio kid rbv eats it was too easy we just had to set out some chili cheese dogs with some extra sauerkraut and he walked right under the box and we pulled the stick on him so y'all uh, he's back here rbv what's good good to see you buddy Hey, you know, the chat, they're already rise and praise. Hey, you hear that intro. I was a little nervous if I was going to remember how to do this, but I hear that intro. And, baby, it, it's pulsing. It's running through the veins. I, I am hyped, excited to be back here. Hey, took a, a little hiatus out there. Had a little too much on the plate there. Reminder, hey, everybody, hey, take on the workload. Work your ass yeah, off. And remember, man, uh, some mental health every now and then. Uh, take a step back. Sure. Uh, so, you know, I, I cleared a plate of some things that were kind of toxic in my life there regrouped ready to rock and roll what a way to start you said halloween week. speaking of that man hashtag rbv eats out man the, the best thing that i ever got for halloween is we went out a little it was freshman year and uh, i guess the you know the the household owners the adults there that were on it thought we were a little too old it was the best this is the best treat that i ever got there they were giving out handfuls of KFC mashed potatoes and gravy. Not even the <laughs> containers. They were literally scooping it out and putting it like a scoop in your hand. We went back to that house like 12 times. That's hilarious. That's a good rib. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I, I, we just used to, uh, you know, raise hell in the streets, uh, the, the egg wars and whatnot, but it was always a good time as a little kid, uh, you know, going out there trick or treating. Usually, though, like the last, I don't know, decade, maybe they got one for 10 on Halloween night where it hasn't been rainy and the shits, you know what I mean? So, uh, my, my wives love all that stuff, man. And they got the, uh, missile silo decorated up outside real spooky. And, uh, and even inside, man, uh, they do a great job and the, the whole house, uh, is Halloweened out. So, uh, it's, it's a whole vibe around here, man. And I enjoy it for sure. And I don't know she wanted me to watch uh, Friday the 13th and I know it's uh, all hokey shit, but I just don't <laughs> I just don't go in for all the scary movies and stuff, but I know uh, this is big sale and the horror junkyards fan time of year to watch all these gimmicks, man. And uh, I hope you guys are enjoying it. Got your costumes picked out uh, the whole night, man. But uh, just great to have you back RBV. And I'm glad you took any time you needed, you know, the door's always open and that goes for anybody on staff because life comes at you fast. And, a lot of times this is a passion project and uh, to keep that community and that group going. Well, 
Well, I think, you know, that's, that's so. important with it, Ben, when you're out there for anybody, you know, when you, when you start getting, you feel that there's weights on you there. Hey, rely on those passions to drive you professionally. Sure. Uh, you know, don't, don't kind of cut those off. Re- rely on those to fuel you, to keep that fire going, to keep it burning within you. A bit like you, you mentioned, uh, you know, Halloween's of the past, and we're about that same age group. It, it seems a lot different today. Because I remember, like you're saying, man, as soon as, you know, whatever, it was like six to nine, you know, hell with the parents. You know, I remember at a young yeah. age, man, you and the friends are just taking off doing your thing. If it's raising hell, if it's just yeah. trying to get to the hot, be there first to the hottest spots. Because you know, you knew which houses had the good candy, which ones they gave <laughs> out the full size, which ones were giving out pennies and apples. You were staying the hell away from them, unless you're going back there later to egg. That <laughs> but they did, a, like they that. did a weird thing for a couple of years. I think they might still do it, but, but I don't know, like... like it became like some uh, satanic panic shit in the late eighties and they started having it at the high school where you walk through and do it that way. And there's a costume class, but like really you could hit both, but I don't think they do that anymore where we were. Um, And it was cool because they'd have high schoolers in there doing like uh, strobe light and taking guts out like horror stuff. You know what I mean? Like a, a, a scaled down version of it. So for the theater kids, it was dope, I guess at that time, but um, I always liked it in the streets, man. You know what I mean? Well, it's like my nephews now, they don't seem to go, they'll hit like a neighborhood here, maybe like for like an hour or so, but they're more into that yeah. trunk or treat where they have, you know, large groups come together. To yeah. That's monitor. what they're calling it. Right. Yeah. 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 You get all the cars, you know, in a parking lot and you just kind of make your rounds there. That That's the trend these days. Instead of going house to house or Mm. see i'm so old they didn't even have that shit (laughs) they didn't even think of that uh you know at the time but i like it i like going make the kids get out there and work for it man you know it's about going up there and the people who really love halloween and want to see that i know my wives love it and you know what (laughs) even as old as a dude i can't believe this actually tomorrow is his birthday big shout out to my man obazo ben champin the original dog of war is gonna be 15 tomorrow bro like so uh he usually chills and is on recon and and sniper positions but when it comes to halloween dude he's got a little uh I call it a CM Punk shirt because it's like a skeleton gimmick. <laughs> and he he loves it when, like, he's usually scared of everybody. To go out and yell at the kids for something on Halloween, he always comes to life on Halloween 10 out of – or 15 out of 15 times. It's so weird how they know this shit. But uh, maybe in his past life, uh, who knows. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited for it. It's always a good time. And I like uh, – I got some creepy masks, as we've seen in past uh, Halloween episodes here at HMG. So uh, I like to break those out, scare the little kids a little bit. But you really, when you look like me, you don't need to do much. So <laughs> it with, was with – uh, With your theater background, did you ever do any, like, haunts or anything like that? I know it's a, a big deal, as you said. Yeah, man, that, it's a big deal around here, too. And I, I really haven't. And, I, I like, I don't mind jumping out and scaring people. But things jumping out scaring to me, you might get knocked out, bro. Like, I just don't. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely, bro. I, I'm ready to react. You know, even if I know it's a, I don't know why, like, people are like, oh, ha, ha, you were scared. I'm like, oh, sorry for having, you know, natural reflexes or what have you instead of no selling. But, like, uh, that's just, I mean, that's what people love, that little adrenaline rush. For me, I'm ready to whoop somebody's ass. So it's uh, it's it's funny. It makes me laugh. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, I don't even know what I'm going to do this year for sure. It's always so limited with uh, the beard on what. <laughs> do you get, do you like, get a lot of kids? 
Do they come by the uh, house? Like I said, depends on the weather. You know what I mean? If it's usually the shits, then no. And I'm eating Halloween candy like a feed afterwards for the next two weeks. But uh, yeah, I hope it's nice because I like to see them out. Because we have a lot of uh, kids near this. Uh, you know, we, we have a whole child trafficking route here. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, they're moving well, through. I think, you know, the scariest thing you could do this year is just getting gimmick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've done that in the past plenty. One year I uh the anthrax I have, house over there, you know. I have that Cupid doll mask that's super spooky. It's like even scarier than Chucky face kinda. And uh and I would uh get a huge sweater and put leaves on it and and look like I was dead and just lay there and I'd see kids coming from like 70 yards away up the block. And they think I was just like, uh, you know, stuffed with leaves and shit. And then all of a sudden I'd reach out and try and just grab their Halloween bag and they'd scream like they would, they, they'd get so close and someone would see me and they're like, is that real or not? And I wouldn't move or try and breathe at all just to get them that much closer to scare the shit out of them. So man, have fun with it. Be safe with it. Uh, you know, raise a little hell. That's what it's all about, dude um but yeah a lot i see the chat room's filling up we're almost 30 strong johnny public's in the house man all the heavy hitters frank's pickle barrel asked first of the chat this morning whether you're on twitch.tv slash hamin media or ben hamin youtube channel appreciate you guys appreciate the super stickers from uh the watch alongs this weekend we had a good time uh, watching smackdown live together so uh giants won uh sons of allah won and uh yeah man it was it was a good weekend all the way around you know, taking bumps. I was like, oh, how am I going to feel? But I got up and boxed yesterday. So I feel like I'm doing all right after the match, but uh, yeah, everything else is good. The, the can of business you and I were talking off air, hopefully another big day with that. So just uh, clocking in, got to do the SmackDown live review with big Stevie cool after this as well. So, uh, but there is some interesting headlines, man. And I know last night was like Battle of the Belts, right? I didn't even realize that was yeah, going I, on. I, I, I didn't see that this weekend. Um, a ton of a ton of big news, business side, which is uh, great yeah. for the great for my return here because that's what you and I usually talk about mm-hmm. uh, the business side of this and, and the marketing. Uh, but yeah, I you know I told you I was going to throw together some notes here for you. The, the big headlines for me are circulating around the mids. You know, you got your bigs, AEW, WWE, but, you know, those mid-level yeah. promotions above those indies, they're, they're making wow. some big moves uh, last couple of days. I guess we'll start with the maybe, I think, the biggest one, uh, major step forward for the National Wrestling Alliance, the NWA, announcing that they've struck a deal with the CW Network. I mean, we're talking uh, yeah. top 20 network in the country has the potential to reach 100% of the homes as they're available even through yeah. open-air antenna. Uh, a, a big move for the NWA. I guess first and foremost here, Ben, to pick your mind on this, what really took so long? Yeah, I don't know it took long because, I mean, Billy Corgan's got all the stroke and notoriety to, to do that. You know what I mean? I thought they did a great job with getting Tyrus on Fox and really, um, you know, him having the belt there all the time, that didn't, that did plenty for the 10 pounds of gold, I guess, but it maybe didn't bring over the audience. And we should have had a call to action QR code to like scan this and go to YouTube or, and join our show, you know, because 
I don't think their YouTube numbers were nearly what they should have been either. And uh, maybe that should have been a marketing campaign to itself. But I bet WWE is kind of like, God damn it. Like the way they signed them, I'm sure for a lot less price than what they would have had to pay for Raw or NXT. Well, remember but, at one point, uh, SmackDown was on this one of the, the CW. Right, it was, right? And they <laughs> probably paid too much for a bad bill of goods, just like we told Fox and they didn't want to listen. And, uh, you know, and they couldn't afford it and or, or else they got a bigger better deal off of that and now maybe outpriced themselves out of cw's budget but cw could still want wrestling and uh billy's been looking for a home for a while for that and like i said i'm not sure what what the holdup is or maybe he wanted to get it uh shaped up a certain way before he just put something out on tv he's uh he's that kind of craftsman like when you make an album you just don't slop it down and takes a year and a half two years to really complete a musical thought from from beginning to end so i don't know if uh you know their storylines and production are going to change or they're just going to keep on with what they've been doing and present it the same way you know uh i know by you in ohio uh they just um kind of adopted an independent as one of their uh franchisees i guess of nwa and i don't know if that trend is going to continue will you see other independents in other states become official nwa territories and now we're putting the guys on tour on little mini tours or we just go shoot those shows and come back and chop them up so there's a lot of interesting pieces to this and uh did he didn't he say he's got a got two deals? I thought there's, there was there's there's two programs that they're going to be bringing to CW uh, from right now. There's still a lot that that you know needs to be uh, you know kind of you know shown to the world. You know the details kind of ironed out, laid out for all of us. But as of right now, it looks like we're going to get uh, one of the programs will be Power, uh, as you said, which is very interesting. Are we going to get the same presentation that we have from Power now? Will yeah. they kind of integrate this new return to the territory system that they're trying to employ? And then the second uh, series that they're going to have on CW is going to be one of those behind the scenes, the reality of the wrestling. Uh, you know, to me, it, that seems to be a trend. You know, that's what the people are really interested yeah. in. I think that's where pro wrestling is beginning to fall short in and really discount itself. Why isn't you've regularly talked about this across, you know, with the shows with Russo, that should be the show. Why are we separating them? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing because we Russo cut the promo last week too of like, okay, so where's the balance? Cause he cut the promo for cons own good of like, you are making it about you and it should be about the boys and, and, you know, People were ripping on Big Show doing buy one, get one at OVW. That's a great opportunity, even though Al doesn't want his guys to go to AEW and lose and, and just, like, get jobbed out. But <laughs> until you can pay them what they could make there, then, like, that's just the way it's kind of got to be, right? But now OVW's over, and you'd want to make some of those guys. And, and that's fine, but the work of an OVW is that it was, I mean, even though the model's changing a training center and, and they actually have the biggest training class that they've had in, in probably a decade coming in for the next one, as I've been talking to my buddy cornbread and, and uh, a couple others about that. So, and it's filling up fast to train with uh, cash flow and Basham and probably revolver and Al, you know, um, but that means they should, <laughs> 
should they be exposing more or doing more? You know what I mean? Just to like get to give it up uh, and, and show people chasing the dream. Where do we evolve to? And I think that's where Billy's at with this too. But Billy, unlike Tony, is a superstar before he got into wrestling. And Tony being on the campaign trail of podcasts and not using his talent i was gonna say with big show there people can rip on that for the buy one get one that i think that's great shine because tony's going holy shit these guys from wrestlers are over they sold out the last five weeks they're building the wrestling crowd let's try and tap into that we'll use some of the it's it's all win-win but all the schoidenfreud you know keyboard warriors are like see look at them giving away tickets yeah the desperate times call for desperate measures and at least you sent the big show who's a feature like none other who came from OVW to try and hype that crowd. I don't look at that as a bad business decision, but I, I think that was brilliant. I mean, that was yeah. me and I've been talking about for years. Why aren't they sending some of these ambassadors, these legendary names out ahead of a time right. to try to hype these shows, you know, flyers, especially down. when their numbers are way down. They've only sold one tenth of the yum center. 22,000 and they only see at 2200 sold so we've we even if you you know what i would i was thinking about this i because even at 20 bucks an average ticket that's only forty four thousand dollars, right that, 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 yeah that's nothing tony spends that on rights to jungle boys music or whatever like so you know what i would do it, it i would praise wrestlers and go Wrestlers has become a worldwide global phenomenon. AEW wants to recognize all the great talents that we have from Sean Spears to Serena Deeb to yada, yada, right? Go right down the line and even let and bring Al in the ring with Tony and, and, and tell him how much he respects him and the history of OVW and get it over as like what it really is becoming a Kentucky pride thing, like a U of L or a university of Kentucky is there to have that. This is our hometown thing. And Tony should give away the entire arena, a bought show, bring your kids first come first serve. I want to tell everybody in Kentucky, how we feel about them. And uh, it, it, you know, right now the world needs a little entertainment and smile. And that's what AEW is here to bring. And they gives away the Yum center instead of having half ass show where people aren't going to buy tickets. Imagine that dude, like you, you bring in whole, you tell, all top three or four uh, middle schools and, and high schools that, that they're coming uh, to do that, man. Like that'd be, that'd be pretty big. And what's it really cost you an extra 44 K. I mean, come on. Absolutely. You mentioned uh, OVW there. They, they, they themselves, you know, right there in that, in that major play with the mids, the wrestlers, a huge success. Yeah. NWA announcing the, the CW. Sorry, I, I hate to cut you off. I just got away from my point. With Tony being in the limelight they want, and, and Russo, like he needs to step back, it's the opposite for Billy. Billy is the selling point. Getting to work with Billy Corgan of Smashing Pumpkins That's means true. instant world fucking PR, you know? So it's but a it, little It's little weird. Different. It seems that Billy doesn't want to embrace that. And he and, knows and that. TK he's does. Smart. He's smart. He's super smart, you know? bro. Billy, Billy is because he doesn't. TK never lived his in front of the camera. I'm in the in the spotlight dreams. Billy Corgan did that for two decades, where he was the front man. He he's had his dose of that, right? He he just wants to do the passion project of his wrestling and be a creative on that side. I, I like this idea over here uh, from Bobo. Yeah. Um, 
Why not film one of the smaller AEW shows at the Davis Arena? Could you imagine Rampage? Or something like that. A show that desperately could use some kind of hype like that? Yeah, big shout out El Plaza because he just put this out on HMG uh, on Instagram, I think. But there's a new uh, uh, software that's an AI software that watches your videos and pulls clips and does the writing right over it and josh generate uh J, jd love donor to cw and i were talking about this on the friday locker room of like you, why why keep running these shows where you are only selling one tenth i get you wanted to compete the way is to not go head to head in arenas because you're going to keep getting flogged on the internet every week for empty seats and and exposed so it's time to acknowledge that in a way that you don't got to go, well, we couldn't sell those out. You just got to make it special. Like the Hammerstein ballroom, like the Davis arena. We need to look for cool venues that, that look cool on camera that might be scaled down or stripped down. I don't care if you go back to the Moose's lodge of ECW, Tony was a huge ECW fan and he knows what a 2000 in a fucking tight packed room can feel more awesome than 80,000 in an arena. It really can. That energy is is intense, and and that might force WWE to take NXT on the road to do something similar. So if it's not working one way, you got to not be married to it and get ready to pivot. And if I have that, okay, now now if I'm only selling twenty two hundred tickets at two at twenty bucks a piece, I'm screwed. But if I make it a hot show and there's only two thousand tickets and they're sixty bucks a piece. And we're in the fucking uh, this small arena, and it feels like a rock concert. Well, you just tripled your gate, and you lowered your price of cost of venue rent probably by you know a tenth as well. So there, there's a lot of things that need to be done that are gonna be humbling to have to do them, but it's really gonna increase the uh, profitability threefold of your live gate and uh make your show different you're gonna have to take some flogging like see they can't even run arenas anymore who gives a fuck ecw was the coolest thing there was and it was bingo halls hockey rinks and and no matter what you do you're gonna you're gonna have those naysayers but you you've really got to look towards in that moment what you're gonna provide for that true blue audience you're right uh you know over here you're talking about those smaller arenas you know last year when impact we're going to talk about them newly branded here when they're in town you know it's it was a 3,000 seat arena they almost filled the thing which was incredible for them and it had a tremendous energy about it instead of trying to go over to one of the bigger arenas where it would just look like it was you know a drop in a bucket and that's what you're that's what you're getting with AEW and they do do a good job with their live events when they have an audience there and then the talents can feed off of that energy and it just takes that tempo and everything to that next level yeah, you, you don't even have to down gear it of like, oh, we're scaling back. Sorry, everybody, because of profitability. You market it that way of like uh, AEW takes to the streets. You know what I mean? Like, or whatever it is, or, or hometown. Uh, you go and hit everybody's hometown on the roster that's a smaller spot that you can find that. Like, market it as like we're doing grassroots to, to get the most hardcore wrestling fans to join us. So... Because the numbers are aren't changing. There's 1.5 million fans total. Like that's <laughs> that's pretty much where we're at from terrible creative for decades and decades, right? Like even when we're given something that's half ass decent, we're like, this is the best when everything should be at a higher standard. 
Absolutely. And I'm really hoping, especially, you know, going back to some sort of territory system uh, with the NWA, that they can do that, you know, rely on that grassroots, that old school energy, that that vibe inside of professional wrestling. But real quick well, uh, on the NWA before we move on real quick, as we mentioned that going back to that territory system, what what could that look like to be successful in this landscape 2023, 2024? I mean, it can't be what it was, can it? Because of well, the national exposure, I mean, the global exposure, how we see everything. I mean, there's got to be some tweaks to update it, right? I guess it just depends on how you're going to model it, right? You It needs to be most of the cost effective. So if they are just going to keep power in the studio and then shoot six episodes and give it to CW so they've got a month and a half out in the can before they have to spend that money again, and that means they get six weeks of ad revenue before, you know, generated, it depends if they're selling quarterly or monthly. You know what's nice with the CW, we're talking about territory and the old school style, is you really can dictate that to the markets and not worry about a national. You know, back in the day where you had to cut the promos for the upstate New York audience and then, hey, run it right. back because now we got to hit the jersey. All right, now we're, you know, we're heading down. To right, but now, but now they have this first territory, right? Uh, forgive me, is it Exodus Pro or something, something like that? It's, it's EC3. He's, he's the head over there. Okay. He's leading that up. Okay. So so that's a place he's probably Booker at and he got them the deal. Now, is there going to be other ones like let's just hypothetically say they come to New York, ESW, UPW, Immortal, Excite, NYCW, uh, Dynasty maybe, right? Like uh that those are your major players uh, across the state from west to east. And <clears throat> are are he going to knight two or three of those and then he runs Ohio, whatever in Erie or Allentown, Erie, PA, like a north, a northeast, a Heartland Loop or something. Cut back now. What I'm putting that that's possible because that was kind of um, EC3's business model with Control Your Narrative was going to be to plug in to indies and face all those guys, you know, uh, all around the regions, which isn't a bad business plan by any means, especially to get yourself over. Um, but I, I was, <laughs> I haven't had a meeting with Al or Matt Jones, but I was going to pitch this because I want this OVW shit to continue for my brothers and sisters. What Billy should have done would was get a hold of Netflix or Amazon and sell a weekly TV show there. But you know what I mean? As a subscription. However, OVW now has that chance with the success of this to go, Hey, Netflix, you want weekly wrestling? And we can do two shows, the our wrestling show and the behind the scenes that really got, these characters over now al doesn't have to give up his talents <laughs> now al doesn't have to have aew job out their guys and whatnot now they're made stars in the mid right like you said and it's fine to be there it's fine to be the working class show roseanne did a, a hell of a run on not being the working class show right um that being said i would like to see oh, fuck i'll give it away uh, that OVW goes OVW versus the world. Uh, and they do OVW. You get, you now's the time to get a big corporate sponsor to get your Lex express bus with all the stars on the side. And we tape it all and everybody travels together and it's the life on the road and they go to Ohio. Then they come to New York and they hit each indie there, like three of them. Then they go up to Canada to go international. So it's versus the world. Then they come back to Louisville to a big, you know, hometown hurrah down to Florida, across to Texas, up to California, 
work their way back across Colorado, work Rocky Mountain Pro, St. Louis, and hit 10 different indies across the nation with Booker T's school or Dudley's or whoever that they can have these outside legends be on the show. And all these kids now just went on a national tour with OVW, and it was all paid for by this corporate sponsor. So it's not Matt Jones putting the money up and they're capitalizing off it. And now Netflix season two is in the can. Now that might mean that the house of the Davis arena is down. Do you do that? Or do you split off your stars? And while you're at the Davis arena, you make new stars from all these kids coming in that are going to be training there. Like there's expansion, but scared money don't make money right now we got to make moves and just sit and go are they going to get a season two here it is i'm pitching it to you like fucking it's minimum cost like, it's like life on too, the we already set up a sponsor for ourselves we've got the whole thing rolling for you you just gotta yeah. give us the you, green light you just put it in there man and uh i i would love to see all of them because that life on the road of living together and the rock and roll lifestyle of having the big tour you know what i mean spring summer coming to you and capitalizing on it it's interesting man and then people can really make money off merch that could change their lives and feed their families and at netflix notoriety i'd even bring i'd have a little uh sideshow with the family i'd buy them a, a truck or, or like their own little rv and i'd have the little girl that's like the super fan like tail them you know what i mean you couldn't have them around wrestlers or whatever the whole time this little kid but like I would have that as part of it too, or else like that the the fans did something to let her come see some show because she's going to be just as big a star at the autograph signings as anybody, you know. So spin it off into a, for a promotional material just for that's like a YouTube exclusive on it or something like that. All that stuff, dude. Absolutely, she she could be the she could be like uh, the reporter, you know what I mean, and have her own little show, like little kids version of the news show of the dirt sheets. You could have all that shit if you wanted to, man. But we're, we're talking old school, Ben, grassroots, getting back to the basics, the foundations of pro wrestling. Uh, one of the other. As you said, I, I, I don't mean I don't mean this to sound uh, in a negative way, but you know the mids under the bigs there making making some moves here. You know, week. you know what the bigs means, bro. Mo money, mo problems. Mo money. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> mo money, mo problems. That's uh, what it a means, brighter man. light with a bigger with a bigger yeah. uh, bank account. That that's what yeah. I mean by that. Uh, but getting back to some old school impact wrestling, returning and rebranding, total yeah. nonstop action. It is back. They closed out Bound for Glory. I'm halfway through Bound for Glory, so I don't want to give away uh, any of the spoilers there. Impact Attack will cover all that. I'm sure Vet Vet and the crew are going to break it down, break it down for you. Uh, it's a great show from what I've seen right now. But they they close the night with a little vignette. We get a video package, and they announce the return. They're they're bringing it back to the TNA moniker. It's going to happen. Was it in February at Hard to Kill? It was when they're officially going to January, February. They're going to make that official switch. I'm sorry, I, I half zoned out on I, hard to kill is when they're gonna yeah, switch that, the TNA. That, that's when they it. made the announcement. Yeah. They're gonna yeah. kind of phase it out over I'm imagining they probably got some television in the game, things like that. And it, it you know, when you rebrand here, uh yeah. for any company, you're talking thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And but you know, it's still gonna be owned by Anthem and their their own entity. It's in-house, so they don't have to ask permission. And I think it's very interesting because both of us being uh, marketing professionals, there's something to be said for nostalgia marketing. Absolutely. And right now, 1990s, we've kind of moved out of 
<laughs> You've seen it in fashion and everything. The 1990 to 93 was back it, it, from bright neon green, neon pinks, neon, you know what I mean? The, the trends of what it was. And even in the marketing and commercials to pop generation X for their childhood when they're about 12 to 13 years old. That's what, that's kind of what we've been under for the last two years marketing wise, since we came out of COVID. And now, because that's who the main buyers are from everything from diaper to fucking Lexus. People, right? people felt depressed and they want to go back to those memories of that better time. And right. The Renaissance of the nineties. And then now are we in 95 to 97? I don't know if we are. It feels like we skipped the attitude era because it's, it's too canceled. It's terrifying, man. Yeah. It's terrifying. Comedy kind of tries to slip back a little bit into it with Shane Gillis and others doing the work, but like really we didn't. And now are we already fast forward to this is our September 11th. I heard that in the news a lot of fucking times last week. And that means we jumped in our minds to like that's where we are in a 20-year mindset now that being said what started around early 2000s tna right so now if we're already fast forward to the rest of the 90s and we're at this reboot of idiocracy uh and false flags what marketing was going on at then and what brands were hot and if impact is flustering with only sixty thousand viewers and, you know, the vet and uh, Let's Go Brandon are one of the main voices in reviewing it. And no one's really watching the product that much. And people are leaving from a Sammy Callahan to others, you know what I mean, for other opportunities. They're mid, too. They're as mid as they've ever been. And to go back to that when they drew $2 million is a smart marketing play. It's big investment, though, like you said. Now, that being all quantified <laughs> do you bring back a vince russo you can't bring back a jeff jarrett he's under aew brand they might let him go over there and do a one-time appearance you know what i mean yeah yeah good business but like really what what is the value are you going to bring back knockouts division or have girls like can you get angelina and and you know beautiful people all them to come back and do something they're all under contract well i know she left nwa uh well they, uh, the beautiful people they were there for the 1000 episode right celebration and i think that's really interesting which is as you mentioned ben one are we going to even get a mention and give credit to, to mr russo for creating the name TNA? i think you got to bring them back bro i think it's fucking half the value you well, bring dixie back and, and what tna what TNA represented, I mean, to you, what, what were the fundamentals that made, that made it different? And as you said, the success, although they weren't actually competing with WWE, they were getting that $2 million range. You know, people, it was a good alternative. They had a good following going. Unfortunately, they just made some bad moves, business decisions there that derailed them. But it, it did stand out different. So what can they do to capture the – the past and bring that to the present to allow this new generation, this new crop to kind of run with those philosophies. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it depends on what point you want to argue. Did they make their show off of a uh, originals like the motor city machine gun guys and AJ styles and uh, team Canada and guys who were never really WWE, 
or did they really get over after <laughs> the Sharks got dumped from WWE and then came in on a Booker T, Angle, Nash, Hogan? Like, you will go back to the fucking Hogan and his daughter era. You're like, ugh, brutal, you know? Like, um, well, because so it, what? It, it, not that it was and, and necessarily staying, bad, like but it stole the essence yeah. of what TNA was. Right, but then we have, you know, <laughs> unbelievable moments with – uh, Jay Lethal and doing machismo and flair, right? So is it a mix of that Kool-Aid? And I kind of would have to lean towards yes, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, the go out and get the X off the chains or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Monsters Ball or they always did good with spooky storylines. I liked Wrestle House, like things like that. They can do very, very well. Just nobody's getting to see it. So... That being said, if the model is mixed that Kool-Aid of our own youngsters who throw down in, in hardcore matches along with the nostalgia of what it was, well, who's our nostalgia from 2001, 2002 that were our originals back then? Not the Sting and the Flair and the da-da-da-da. Those guys now 20 years later are the nostalgia guys we need to bring back. So is it a mix of ex-WWE guys who are all on the market now and ones who just got released, right, who, who shouldn't be, mixed with who we have on the roster at a decent price that's a young, upcoming talent, our next AJ Styles 20 years from now. So uh, will that work? I don't know, man. It's a big reboot process to go back to all that and hopeful that it, that it gets off the ground. I, we'll see what tricks they have up their sleeve. You know, Frank's, uh, Frank's pickle asking who on impact is going to draw a crowd. You know, it's very disappointing here. As I said, I'm halfway through bound for glory, really entertained by the show. I, I think from what I've seen lately of the product, it, it is entertaining. As you said, they, yeah. they do some unique things. in their storytelling, good wrestling, but going into bound for glory was the lowest rated impact. I, I believe ever. I mean, how, how much of a priority? I mean, it's great that you're returning to those roots. You're getting that nostalgia. This is cool. You've created a little bit of a buzz deep inside the bubble. But how important now is it for them to go out and get a, not even a real, but a half-assed decent television deal? Yeah. Uh, I don't distribution, know. I mean, they, distribution they, yeah, somewhere. Distribution. Yeah, yeah. It's It's got to be a, a, a big push like to go back and do this. Otherwise, why are we just rebranded just to have the graphics again? You know what I mean? Uh, what's it going to be? Is it going to be uh, Velvet Sky? Like, uh, <laughs> inter- like what, what, what is no other wrestling show doing? Sexy, edgy, now horror stuff right bray was the last one to kind of do it and they do it pretty well at impact uh they have plenty of times in the past uh the mythic um they've got to see what's going to make them different than everybody else and and i think the nostalgia play is one of the things they can do but wwe or aew can pull that card at any time they want to Uh, so, you know, we're running down here, the big moves for OVW, what we saw with Netflix, with the wrestler series, uh, NWA going to the CW, two programs that they're going to be airing that have potential to hit, you know, it's one of the top 20 networks uh, going today, Impact rebranding. Who do you, who, how would you rank, Ben, rank the current standing and potential going forward for these three mids? Who's going to emerge amongst this level is that top competitor in the business there. 
for, well, for OVW has the most potential to make a move because they're going from really, can we, I mean, I guess they're all kind of like, can we keep the lights on, you know, but to a global audience of Netflix is bigger than any TV show. Right. So people around the world now know what that is and wrestlers from UK and Ireland and, and all over are going to come to OVW. That, that, that was how it was before this. You know what I mean? When I, when I was there, cause it was a WWE property, you'd have guys pop in for a month, three months, six months, and then, and then go back. But, um, really I think NWA probably has the most potential to do it because you have <laughs> the power of smashing pumpkins behind you, you know, and now, uh, and you've got a lot of ex WWE and OVW talent on your roster who know how to work for TV, what are we going to feed them? Is it going to be this 1985? Hey, do you guys remember when Flair and Dusty were on this set? You know what I mean? Like, that's really what their whole thing is. Or is it going to actually become something progressive aside from a studio wrestling show with flags on the wall to make us feel like we're 80s kids again? I don't know. It's it's not like I'm trying to really down one. It might sound that way, but it's it's we, we need to say what is going to make us turn a profit <laughs> i think at the end of the day is the first part of that so uh you really have to look at the pwi 500 almost i hate to say that and go here's who's available here's who we need who can make a difference how can we get this guy over and book off of that off of making some lists of budget versus draw capability who can we get the most bang for our buck from and who's overpriced that we can trim the fat, uh, you know, uh, a bit from. So I think all those companies need to take a hard look at that. Not that OVW has, you know, people they need to cut or trim the fat from by by any means. But NWA with Billy's notoriety is the biggest opportunity. I think with, you're right. With NWA, with where Billy stands just in the entertainment, in society, uh, now the deal with the CW, they're at that forefront. Tremendous potential with with ovw and i think still you know tna has a lot of ground to make up and a lot to prove here but, but still. I, it all comes down to like single conversations and who can you can you get to and even though matt jones and al snow have a wide reach i don't think they could get jeff bezos on the phone within two calls and i think billy corgan could <laughs> that's a, that's what it comes down to to be like hey i need an amazon deal i'll give you two concerts and you book my wrestling show you know what I mean? You you give me the budget to to for a year to to have my wrestling show and contract it on Amazon. Because then even if it doesn't they don't want to re-up after a year, you've built equity and you can sell to a TV thing for the do the WWE work of giving them a product that is promising but probably won't deliver the audience, but you still got your big money deal. Uh, I think this is kind of interesting stat. Frank's just sharing over here. Wrestlers isn't even in a Netflix top 10 trending. Uh, I disagree. It was last week. I was going to say, is that because it's faded? So many people went in, kind of binge watched it. Yeah, it it, it was top 10 two weeks ago. So, um, you know, then that is how fast Netflix moves. That's why you need to capitalize now, Matt Jones and Al Snow, off of, okay, what's our game plan for season two? What's it look like? So we've got a strong pitch because you've already done the, these are the kids at the hometown arena 
sure you can tape the five night sellout. You can tape the success and watch everybody like start to think they're over. Okay. Where does that take us next? Where is it leading to? Is it just leading? Cause right now all it's leading to is for WWE to come in and pluck your talent and AEW of the ones that they thought got over. And there goes your investment. That's not, we need to keep them. If we need to keep them in house or we need to expand and take the show on the road, that's really what, what they do. Right? Like, if a Broadway play gets over, then it goes and hits Branson, Missouri. It hits, you know, Albany. It hits all the state capitals. It might be a touring cast that's a little different, but your main stars are going to be there. So that's that's the model I would adopt, bro. Because people want they want they want that to come to their hometown. They want Netflix and a celebrity to do it because WWE they already want that does. big time in their small town. Yeah, yeah. So that's the move they need to make. And if they're not in top 10 anymore trending, then, uh, and it was only seven episodes, you got to strike while the iron's hot. And before we start cooling off here at the end of the year, I would try and get not just local fucking pizza joint Wicks pizza <laughs> in Louisville, <clears throat> you know, uh, and, uh, you probably trust me. Why, that is terrible. Water. pizza. It's the worst, bro. Uh, and but uh, they sponsored OVW, so shout out to him. I don't know who their sponsors are. It was Papa John's, then he got in all that trouble, and <laughs> so who knows? Uh, but Louisville, not the spot for pizza, folks. Um, and that you know, but to, to get somebody big like uh, Skull Candy headphones or some shit like that, you know what I mean? Somebody who's gonna go, all right, here's a quarter million dollars to lease a bus, get the graphics done and pay for all the food and fuel for the crew and, and they're on the road and what they make, uh, you know, we might be able to give them a hundred dollars a week, 200 bucks a week, but what they make on merch, they, they keep all of it. Da, 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 you know? So, I mean, you could probably give them more than 200 bucks a week they, they, with that. Netflix should probably cough up for each worker, 300 bucks a week. That's, that's fine. Pay, pay scale. You know what I mean? If they're going to be away from, maybe even more if they're going to be away from louisville and at home not it's not like netflix can't afford it of what they're paying actors on other shit where they just pay bill burr for fucking old dads you know what i mean so yeah so the they they could afford to let these kids make some money and and see what that feels like and and it gives al the we did it in closure on our own and it makes matt jones not lose 30 grand every month on keeping the doors open so there's there's opportunity that could be very interesting and very different because nobody's watching WWE Nightmare Factory bus go down the road with you know hundred dollar bottles of liquor and shit in there like they got it. These kids would be you know living together. That that real world road rules, which was very hot in the nineties. <laughs> you yeah, know road, that reality road, road, road rules challenge. You know where they yeah were yeah right. Dude, you know, so that all that's right there for the for the taking, but they got to close that style of deal. I say you got a two month window. You got till end of 2024 to convince somebody because then you're not hot. Then you got to make it through winter, try and keep your audience there hot. But what what's coming next? No wrestling storyline is going to outdo the behind the scenes look of how Al is a father figure to a bunch of misfit wrestlers who are trying to make their dreams happen. And he's trying to use that their talents in his ability to create storylines that teaches them how to pay things off and get them ready to deal with WWE. If that day comes. 
But we're, we're talking about wrestling potentially on the rise. Uh, ben, I, want, I wanted to talk to you about a wrestler that's going to say goodbye. And I know you, you on the Light the Fuse review, didn't have a lot of time to dive into this one. Uh, so I'm kind of mm-hmm. glad you saved it so I could talk to you about it. I think this would be a hell of a fun project to be a part of, to be behind the marketing drive there, the force to help AEW grow their business, grow their bubble. Uh, and I'm talking about the uh, the Sting farewell tour. So he's come out and announced that at Revolution, which uh, looking by all accounts, I know they might shake up their, their schedule a little bit, but that's probably going to be early March uh, when Sting wrestles his last match. So we've got a good chunk yeah. of time here where they can really sell this, put this over town to town uh, to, to milk the cash cow that could be Sting's retirement tour. Yeah, bro. I have hundreds of masks printed every show where like, you know, they sold a lot of them back in WCW days. I don't need, I don't understand how that's not a big merch seller sting masks right now. And, and what they're doing right now is I would have the final issue of sting masks and, and, you know, just like, uh, what's coming up soon. Remember, remember the 5th of November, you know, to have a guy Fox mask with the same, same exact thing to get that out there on every show possible because now that he's announced it, these neckbeards will dude pay insane money for belts and every other goddamn thing would easily drop 20 bucks on sting mask and then hundred dollars on the fan experience where he signs one, you know, like cash in. Yeah. I, you know, I think, you know, that big thing, you know, having sting, I know it'd be an extra work- workload for him. Uh, but on this final stretch, he could cash in. The company could cash in. You you grow your audience inside of that. The meet and greets, the special things, the special merch, the exclusive T-shirts with each city, or whatever the case might be. I think I think he should even go outside of the Darby Allen and really do business on the way out. I was thinking about this when I'm glad you brought it up. Is dude, you know, what would be awesome is like you're talking nostalgia and <laughs> forgive me. I respect Stinger, you know, obviously for everything he's done, but it wasn't my cup of tea as a wrestler ever. <laughs> um, uh, but the outrunners should do old school sting with the fucking surfboard and the hair stuff. And he should fucking get them over too. If we're back to that Miami vice eighties feel blade runner shit, then he should not only get Darby over where he's the crow version. He should get those guys over as that and give them the rub. Yeah. Again, Frank's asking his thing sold a ticket in 20 years. I believe he has, but as you know, as we're talking here, he hasn't had this level of importance or a spotlight that could be shined on him really in, in the last 20 years. I mean, this is where we're talking about. There's feel goods at nostalgia acts. There's a lot you could do here. Uh, with Sting, he can't wrestle and, each and, and every week. You know, I, I would Sterling, love this Sterling's game. right. Yeah. No, Go wrestle. Why wrestle? All we got to do is celebrate them. Well, you well, you saying, can hey, have. If we're coming to Cleveland, Ohio, and if we can sell 3,500 tickets by this date, Sting's going to be on that card. You're going to get to see one of the final matches on this tour. Yeah, you definitely could, but I don't almost even care about seeing Sting wrestle. Like, if guys are, if guys love this, we love this business. We're Marks and we're my dream. Stinger, we could do something based around Sting where he never has to bump. He's on commentary. He's he's doing something of his best match. He's GM for the night, much like they've done with Cena. He's, you know what I mean? With, with him coming back, it was a special guest referee on something. Stinger books the matches, like all that kind of shit. We don't have to have him wrestle whatsoever. He can book the matches and then, 
in a six man and then you take somebody out before the match and who's going to answer the call hit sting and he fucking comes in and cracks everybody with a baseball bat that's it (laughs) you know Yeah, I, I, I was I was just really glad that they didn't say, okay, this is going to happen next month, next week, as they typically do right. AEW fashion, that they're giving us uh, a tour. Yeah, people can get out and see him on his last ride. Yeah, I do agree, though, Sterling, that Sting will go to TNA, even though they say it's his last ride here. I think he absolutely will. He, he had a, plenty of stuff that was very entertaining and a reinvention of himself. It just seems like all anybody in wrestling does is steal the fucking Joker character and rip it off because I was thinking about – you know, Sting's characters throughout the year just kind of taking Brandon Lee's stuff or taking Ultimate Warriors and, <laughs> you know, or uh, or the, doing uh, the Crow or the the Joker version in, in uh, TNA. That was some of his best work where he was able to let go. And I tell my students, I go, you need to learn these monologues or learn a piece from another character like the rock or somebody who's different than you. So you can see what that feels like to let that out of you, that performance. It might tell you like, Oh shit, I didn't know I was capable of yelling or doing something or maybe even letting go of some of my fears while I act like somebody else. And once we do that, a light switch can go off. We become a more confident performer in the moment out of ourselves. If we're using the power that we didn't even realize we had into us, but it was unlocked like that. I think Sting's TNA character definitely taken from uh, what's buddy who who died of the OD that was the original the the Joker from the movies fucking the blonde haired kid. Uh, Ledger. Yeah, he took Heath Ledger's fucking version of uh, the Joker and you know <laughs> kind of did it right on the nose, but it allowed him to become something else you know, and put that over and show a different energy. And some of those things with Bischoff that he did were very, very entertaining. And I like that. And I think that he will probably go back and pay some respect to that. It's going to be interesting to see uh, fun to watch uh, again is much needed. AEW needs something uh, to kind of put those asses in the seat. So please think can provide a little bit of that. Uh, all set, sorry. Hand, all Seth, all the, Seth Rollins did. The Stink Wrestling Inc. They ran. Yeah. I was just going to say, all Seth Rollins did was fucking steal uh, Joaquin Phoenix's walking down the stairs bit. And now he dresses like half a drag queen. And he's that that's his entire bit. He gets over in his entrance. Like the, the, the top wrestling half, doesn't top half matter. Bottom half. It depends on week to week. You know, so like that, like that's all anybody's really doing is watching a movie going, Hey, I'll do this. And like once Seth wasn't afraid to show ass and like dance around and act a fool, like people want to believe in confidence. And when you commit to the bit and you let yourself go and you turn the volume up on it might feel weird. If it feels weird, do it more. And and that's when people are like, all right. So it's, yeah everybody's peeing their pants. It's the coolest, right? Like you could fucking convince them to do that. If you are committed to that bit, there will be zealots who just want to follow because they sit in the shadows going, man, I wish I could be confident like that. And they find that confidence when they get to emulate you. So that, that really is when it comes to good artists, create great artists, steal and make it their own. <laughs> That's the bit. However, Stinger, I mean, Seth did make it his own because he took, you know, designing women 
fucking and 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 that and put it together and, and now it's some weird thing where he wears bedazzled fucking ski goggles to the ring and platform shoes but it's not dead on the nose of Joaquin Phoenix dancing how it was when it first started coming down the steps Sting's Joker was pretty dead on the nose of um shit I forgot his name already uh, Whatever the other guy. Yeah, Heath Ledger's Joker was. Well, uh, we were talking about TV and all that and, and reaching audiences over at Wrestling Inc. They ran a poll recently uh, about the potential as WWE continues negotiations for their products, their television products, about the, the possibility of Monday Night Raw moving off of Monday nights. It seems like 60% of those that were polled over there, they are uh, strongly opposed to it. I know in the past, you know, you've talked about just scrapping the entire Monday night raw concept, starting fresh, coming up with a new direction for the company. Um, Still in favor of that. And I also, as you've talked about that, as it's come out, you would have been mentioning that on air while behind closed doors, you were consulting for one of the networks works did you ever pitch to nbc like or uh, to anybody there to hey just start over fresh with this whole raw concept start over fresh with raw uh yeah absolutely or to try and freshen up that was raw underground you know raw underground was going to be something shotgun saturday night asking the third hour um we definitely pleaded with them to to cut the third hour because it was brutally bad especially during covid era um to have to sit through all that you know with the nxt kids standing around the ring behind hockey glasses like jesus christ uh because we wanted to cut the third hour and do a behind the scenes show how is everybody doing with that how do we relate to them you know what i mean like make it more humanized in something different because three hours of empty arena wrestling was just You know, we're all just here to support and just uh, no one's really being entertained whatsoever. So um, I don't know about revamping the entire show from, from top to bottom, but like I know. Well, that I, I remember at some points you said just get rid of Raw. Just kill kill that product, yeah. kill that brand because yeah. it was so yeah. down. I, I know. I think you're right. Absolutely. That was a, a couple of times of like this brand, like how do you <laughs> refresh it? And they have with some of the creative uh, on SmackDown, but raw up against monday night football it don't matter dude like what you're putting out there and they they had a banger show with everybody on smackdown from cena to reigns to la night uh fucking new gms kevin owens jump ship nick aldis like thing after thing after thing after thing get to monday four days later and three days later garbage bro just like meaningless storylines that are so wrestling no surprises no flow three hours of it plus up against baseball and football and they're gonna do a 1.3 to 1.5 and that's inexcusable you know like so why why just keep putting the money into this when usa didn't want to re-up the contract because they had spent a billion dollars and didn't get anything close on the return and it's the same reason why fox let them go because they were looking for positive solutions guess how many they found zero so maybe listen 
<laughs> listen more instead of marking out and going, oh, we're at a 3.3, 3.1. We want them at a 3.6, 4.0. We're looking for positive solutions. Well, then they went down to a 1.8. So you lost 50% of your audience from the day that you signed. Then it went up to a 2.2. So you gained back uh, 12%. And then you're going, we're up. We're way up. <laughs> you're not. You're not. You're down 38, 40%. And you're patting yourselves on the back from going up from 50% loss, 10%. These are the fucking idiot producers of television at the highest levels that skew these metrics thinking. And then when it comes time to renew, they don't because they they don't want to admit that they got effed over. Everybody in the room knows it and they don't want to admit it. So then they pass on re-upping it. And WWE then goes to ABC or, or NBC and goes, see, SmackDown's up 20%. We'd love to have SmackDown on USA instead of oh, over there at Fox. We think it'd be a great home for it. We, we love our partnership there. Meanwhile, USA is going, yeah, Raw's doing 1.3 and that's doing 2.2. We should get that show because it's the hotter show. Not like, again, fooling themselves. And they're, they'll be like, because we can let – we can let Raw go because that's not drawing in NXT and they can put that on something else. But we'll get the hot show. What do you think is going to happen uh, to SmackDown? <whistles> Down to 1.5 in the next year. And now Raw and NXT will be on some secondary tier, you know, affiliate channel because the the shows don't have enough quality to hold anything, to, to, to draw an audience or be in a time slot that's not oversaturated throughout the week or up against a major sport that's going to knock the shit out of it. So where do you move Raw to? You keep it Monday nights. <laughs> like, the, everything can get fucking shaken up here. And Endeavor is probably not going to play that game of the shell game of the value of buying a lemon product, right? Because they did it, and now they're learning because their stock price went from 90-something down to 76 in the last week. And now they're struggling to, to get it back above 80. And who's doing the TV rights, allegedly? Me, pal. You think Vince McMahon's just sitting in his office fucking going, let me call these shitty networks and uh, try and get a deal with them, bro. No. He's as in on the creative inside the fucking loop through the Stooge report where when, they, when you hear him double down that Triple H is in control, no that there is a, a group within the group, within the group, uh, a riddle wrapped inside an enigma, you know, like that type of level of shit to keep out the guys who think they're really in control of this stuff, even if they have ownership of it. So there's still a bunch of way deep state things going on with the creative or the business rights of this going forward. And all the players involved who are at high level network executive positions will never admit that they bought a bad bill of goods. And even after they sell it or pass, they'll do some switch move to try and make themselves look like we got the best deal after losing 40% on our investment. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and they'll skew the numbers to try and back up whatever lucid argument that they want to put out there. Uh, I do want to give uh, another shout out here to Wrestling Inc. They just uh, posted their most updated story. WWE alum Stevie Richards breaks down Bronson Reed versus Gunther. A little love there for uh, for Stevie. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, just the master that, that, well, class. It's probably the best channel out there on, on YouTube right now is what he's got going on, man. It's, it's a really breaking yeah. down. It's so unique uh, with everything that he's bringing. 
an incredible masterclass doctorate level education, you know, and he uh, can get frustrated because he, he puts so much effort and time into the technology and the production. And then just some trolls who try and disqualify him with you or a job or what do you know? Are you trying to monetize people's like, like dude, and that's, and I, I'm not trying to, I sh- probably shouldn't be stooging them off. Like that's what sticks to him. But then I look at the comments and I'm like, people are like, I, I love Stevie before. I love this even more now. And like, it'll have like 280 likes on it, you know, on some somebody, a watcher's comment because people feel the same way. But as humans, some things stick to us in different ways. But from what I see, even if it's the stupid idiot troll quarterbacks who don't know what they're talking about, for every one of those, there's 50 of you guys out there leaving Stevie that message of positivity. But as a businessman, he sees how – and this is the weird darkness of YouTube and the internet, not anything to do with Stevie of when you title a video, what went wrong or how they botched or da, 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 that video will do five times what putting somebody over is underrated or uh, this is the best uh, perfect knee lift or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just a weird, dark, built-in Scheid and Freud, ha ha fail culture versus let me put someone over positively and show why other people should do this safely those videos don't do as well or the fact that people will even shit on those (laughs) like go out of their way to troll and and really just have to go man what a miserable existence some people live or the fact that they even have time to do that is mind-boggling to me (laughs) i'm like i just sit there watch a stevie video and then like how can i ruin his day like crazy bro so i know still one of my favorites going back to when you know when we really got going here on the hmg platform when he got that email you ain't no effing chris jericho yeah yeah <laughs> pops music all the way back to that you know but yeah. uh great stuff over there from from stevie uh bid on the home stretch here as we kick off halloween week uh any big headlines that jumped out to you that you want to touch base on before we head out of here um yeah man uh you know it was a hot um weekend this weekend uh where i was in kabul skill and taking on the nachi mafia with my man blaze haram and immortal great show top to bottom i was really not surprised everybody's working their ass off but the crowd was with everything nine segments and they were with everything all the way to the end and you know, the show uh, had, this past weekend ahead. like three or four groups I've seen different people putting over a mortal, showing, sharing pictures, things like that in, in, you know, chat groups outside of our normal circles. Everybody has long-term storyline in business, bro. Every segment has long-term, even the students, even my students on the pre-show have a long-term storyline. And that's what goes to show when you have a great kind of coach on the sidelines and chip stetson who's really uh you know taking over as the lead producer and i'm super thankful for that mike uh you know the promoter dealing with the front of house stuff and letting the boys handle the wrestling stuff and we all collaborate and everybody you're gonna get thrown a curveball a kale is gonna walk out or what have you you know and that creates a creative opportunity to do something and when danny mo won the women's title this weekend dude pop was massive you know, so show goes on. <laughs> you might think you're the star and like everything revolves around you, but the show goes on and, and everybody just kept that positive attitude, didn't get in down. And, uh, it was awesome. It was, it was really cool, man, to see. Um, but, uh, 
sorry. Uh, I went out there to do our pro Palestine. You know, we just knew it was going to be red hot in Kabulsko, which is a pretty rednecky area, right? And farther away from where we're usually playing. We only played there one other time. And uh, like, if it's going to get dangerous, it's going to get dangerous tonight, boys. You know what I mean? So, because people have been watching propaganda all week, you know, all two weeks. So, but we're going to go in on the promo and just say what's been on Fox and MSNBC. But when they see us say it, they fucking lose their minds and uh, give the Nazi mafia, the American flag and out they come and, you know, places going nuts. You'd like this. Uh, I don't know if I should stooge this or not. Fuck. It's a locker room. So like they're Italian guys. Right. And they, they do the whole, uh, they're like the new version of the FBI. They're, they're fucking badass. But, uh, I give them the flag to come out with and then I get the USA chant going and they're like, all right. And I was like, you got an Italian flag too. And they didn't have one with them. I go, but don't do this. Then I go, don't do, do USA, USA. I mean, then stop them and go USA. And dude, light bulb went off. Oh yeah. And, yeah. 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 And then they would do it. And then they come to cheerlead and they had the whole crowd US. Hey, and you know, then we react to that. So it's all about how you mix that sauce. You know what I mean? And, and say yes. And to everybody's stuff, we needed the USA champ, but they got to get over as Italians. It just presents itself sometimes. So, um, this story, it was about Muhammad Hassan from referee Mike Kyoto's podcast, who, you know, ultimate respect for Kyoto, <laughs> been in more main events than any wrestler really probably ever. Um, but talking about Muhammad Hassan and putting him over is just like, you know, a great talent, but kind of got flogged by 9-11 and the Boston bombings. Saying he says, I remember him getting a raw deal, great build, great body, great talker, good work and everything. Nice guy, too. I couldn't agree more on all that. Still looks like he could get in the ring anytime on raw if you call him tonight, today he'd be there but he was uh never able to bounce back from that that's one character they marked and maimed uh and then this goes on to talk about the you know just the character and generally says the company's always fed off what was going on around the world it was great heat but i don't think a lot of people like that it was just too much it hit home too much with 9-11 we just let mansoor go we just let ali go and I get both of those guys don't want to do the gimmick. <laughs> uh, bro, my heat was bigger at fucking the show this weekend than anything in WWE, except for maybe Dominic's piped in crowd noise. Like it was, it, it's right there. If you want to approach it the right way and you have, uh, you know, MJF out there going, uh, we got Jews in the house. But then they catch hell for doing the quarters bit with Juice Robinson. And I don't know if they dropped the anti-Semitism bit or not, but in the world, it's way hot. And we just need to find a way to let people get their PTSD out from all the propaganda. And that's where Del Close would say the work can handle anything. If you approach it with the right respect and your character's emotional and, and emotional and creative intelligence uh, at the highest level and tell the story that's going on and what is the fundamental story of the heat between them, you know? Um, but when you just go, Nope, we're not doing it because it's, it's too hot button. Yeah. 
people are surrounded by hot button. We need to let some of that steam out of that pressure cooker. And pro wrestling is the way to fucking do it. You can pay it off with a pin and an FU or a hardcore match and some blood and guts if you need to, or you can pay it off with a moment of understanding and mortal combat friendshipality. <laughs> if you need to, right? Uh, the bigot and uh, the bigot racist has a moment of awakening. Uh, the the homophobic person finds uh, friendship with an LGBTQ person and understands the error well, it's, of their It's ways. funny because I what did I asked you, you know, coming out Saturday night, uh, so Sunday morning we had the or yes Saturday we had that conversation. Um, you know, I asked you about your thoughts direction how you know it should be booked mainly because of audiences about intergenders and their growing role inside yeah. of professional wrestling and it's interesting and i'll put her over because uh she's she's working very hard one of my students at uwe uh and i asked her to be able to talk openly about her is her, her work name is cora valentine and she's transitioning and uh and is one of my best students as far as work ethic being on time humble coachable and and i go whatever you identified as before i don't give a fuck because now you identify as a wrestler and it don't matter if you were blm if you're a wrestler you're a wrestler if you're lgbtq it, the, that's secondary now you are in this mafia the carney mafia you might have that as part of what your gimmick is but all that is second tier compared to, and I go, I think I told Cora this, I go, I think you, I, you know, I treat you with ultimate respect and I shit on everybody equally. <laughs> she laughs. She's like, absolutely. And that's why we get along with no issues. And I can say, I don't say wild shit just to say it to her, but she knows that when I'm talking to her, it's not to soften up my language. You know what I mean? Like, I expect the same out of everybody, no matter what your fucking dealio is. And if right now LGBTQ shit is red uh, hot in the, in the world culture, then we need to strike while the iron's hot and there's no better money than um, that LGBTQ money. Cause it's usually an educated demographic with less children and, and higher paying jobs. And they like to spend their money on things that they think uh, are furthering their cause and if she can get her hands on that, then she's going to do well in this. And you put it over, and I know it's kind of like a side-eye thing in some of the locker rooms around America, around the world, of how are we going to deal with this? And I, when I was on K100, name drop, uh, that uh, I probably should have asked um, Conan about this a little more because in Mexico – being masculine is a very, you know, big part of their culture. However, they have the exoticos. And when it comes to locker room etiquette and, and they've had the exoticos for decades. So there's definitely some compassion and understanding there, or were there times of homophobia and how was that rectified? I think that's a big question of where we need to go in, in, in this back backstage side of, how we respect our brothers and sisters or whatever the fuck you identify as. I don't give a fuck because at the end of the day, you're a carny fucking wrestler on the Island of <laughs> misfit broken toys. And that means more than, than anything else you ever identified as. If you got into this group, there's no, you might be part of that other one, but you identify as this now. <laughs> and, and that's why we all got each other's back out there. So uh, it's an interesting postulate of how we deal with it in a, in a smart way. But at the end of the day, this is a theater sport. It's all theater of the absurd combat sport, right? 
And guess what? <laughs> Gays and, and of, of all flavors have been in theater since the Roman times and <laughs> before that, Shakespeare and men playing women all the way since, to... Since there was theater. <laughs> yes, yeah, since there was theater, bro. So it's always been that outlet. And if you think you're going to change it or go against that, then you're, you're fooling yourself. You just need to understand that the entertainment business has so many uh, rainbow flag, different colors in it. If you can't accept that and get down with it, then this ain't the biz for you, Briz. Like the entertainment, entertainment biz is not the biz for you. I don't give a fuck what you want to do. Like if you, if you're not down with people in power who are, CQA, Carney Queers and Addicts, then I, I'm not sure how you got this far. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and how you're going to play this game. So um, it's every color, every race, you know, every every uh, ethnicity and every sexual preference. And that's their trip around the sun. Some of that shit can be detrimental to some people's health mentally. You know what I mean? And, and, and lead them down a strange path but you can go back to fucking wizard of oz and judy garland and all that shit that this shit's been going on forever you know what i mean so yeah i do want to correct myself i think when i opened up the conversation here uh, i said intergender obviously what we're talking about here is transgender growing inside the sport of professional wrestling and sure. if, i do have to say you know one thing you know, it's if it if it's if it's your your race your age your, your sexual preference whatever that lifestyle might be you talk about being inside of this pro wrestling mafia. And since I, I did kind of cross over that line, no pun intended, since we have TNA back, but uh, it, it is a very dynamic, and I would say just not, not just accepting, but it is a togetherness that you don't see anywhere else. Uh, there, there, those boundaries are broken down, and you're just a wrestling family. Yeah, at the end of the day, man, right? Like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, and even if it was like a personal choice of what they identify as, <laughs> you could even make the argument, and I'm not saying this, this is not what I believe, but you could make the argument of like, they're just dressing up and playing a character of what they want to live the gimmick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, whether they go surgery or not, they just want to live that gimmick. Is there any difference than me fucking... <laughs> putting on my shit and doing the gimmick if i wanted to do it all day long would then we be he's identifying as whatever like you can make obtuse arguments for all this shit i say you get about 80 trips around the sun uh you're gonna do as thou wilt and if you're not hurting anybody else or pushing an agenda that's gonna fucking really hurt somebody or offset things then what the fuck because i'm pushing an agenda i have been for 17 years of 9-11 truth NSA deep state, deep state cover-ups and every other thing. So you're going to get hot about penises and pussies, but you're not going to get hot about fucking super spy states that eliminate citizens to further their new world order agenda. Like what, what arguments are we picking here? <laughs> you know, it, it all becomes a very ridiculous, uh, of like, oh, this is the hill I'm going to die on. Is it, is that really where you want to fucking take this shit? Or do you want to, get out the PTSD and whatever your aggression is and have a moment of understanding or a moment of victory and triumph over evil. That's what this, that's what this whole entire theater uh, experiment is about when it comes to pro wrestling. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ben, uh, we're about an hour 20 in, man. Anyone you want yeah, to take man, this home? 
I think that's about it, dude. And I just wanted to say to Mike Yoda, that's no slight on him. He's just putting out what he thought, how they got a rough deal. I, I understand that because, you know, I've worked with Hassan and uh, it was great to let him be the baby face to, you know, pay off some of my heat on that. But uh, he did get a raw deal. But the work, uh, the, the fear of doing the work at a high level is what cost him that. And I hope they don't drop the MJF stuff. There's reasons to with him coming out in the new movie and whatnot. However, who owns Hollywood? <laughs> we got Jews in the house. <laughs> so, do you do you do do you do the anti-Semite story? Oh, we're canceled to hell. We are canceled. Yeah, <laughs> or we just got promoted. Uh, you know, like that's that's the argument. Do you go away from it and not fan those flames, or do you tell the story that the higher level owners of corporations want you to tell and that gets you more over it's in it like it's a very uh you know scared money don't make money <laughs> which way you want to go with it but ali and mansoor who played every character that they didn't want to be an extremist shouldn't those guys be on tv right now with a pro-palestine fucking movement and Sami Zayn too who was mr syria and now the, the hezbollah is possibly on the border of syria attacking not possibly there was attacks in iraq and syria on u.s troops this week what why aren't we going to take our guys who at one point want to do the we are the world shit and when the world actually goes into fuck you i won't do what you tell me why don't those guys go into that same extremist mode? Because we're too scared to fuck up our stupid little t-shirt sales and do something that's not TV PG when everything around us is TV NC 17 in the real world. So we, art needs to imitate life and we need to do these things as, so people can get their PTSD out from the propaganda cycle. And if we're not, then we're not being the best performers that we can possibly be. We're not serving our audience at the highest level that they've paid for and deserve to. And we're not taking them on a ride. That's the epic movie that we claim to make. So yeah, law, man, that's <laughs> to all the performers out there. You got to fucking walk the line. I get it. You might have your own reasons to not be that, but there might, the character might need to be there to tell the story and it's not about serving your ego it's about serving the story more than anything so oh but we're uh, ending up just about 33 strong y'all uh great show uh and 100 i was wondering i was worried if i would remember how to do this man it's like riding a bike you get back in here you start having a, a conversation hey, hey that's what the yeah. locker room is right you back yeah, in there man. you just start shooting the shit uh always a great conversation uh, and just uh, want to thank the Hamian Army for having me back. Yeah, dude. Oh, you know, you're always welcome here, man. Uh, I'm glad to see you. It's been a great Monday. And like I said, once you find the rift, bro, an uh, hour and 23 minutes rips right by and great conversation. And uh, hope to have you back full time as much as you can, man. You're you're a great asset and always have been a voice of HMG here, man, along with all the other great hosts this weekend, watching Collision, the watch-alongs, the SmackDown Live threads, uh, everything that's happening here. Make sure you guys are following at Hameen Media Group on Twitter and uh, on Instagram, The those new AI video editors. I think we're going to use more of those. And Kaz has just been killing it. Big Ray with a, 
awesome kind of, you know, testimonial this week of looking back of when he started with one wrestling and into wrestle zone. And it was, uh, impact turning back to TNA that really sparked that. And, uh, it was great to read. Cause that's where big Ray and I, uh, first met was at wrestle zone and digitally doing uh those shows there for those who have been listening uh for eight years now and uh that cultivated that friendship and that's what spun out into to, to start hmg and i'm very thankful for that and it's crazy uh how fast time rips by you know what i mean and uh that we've been able to share these moments and create these shows and have a good time together and hopefully uh, alleviate some of the stress from your guys' days and give you some uh, entertainment while you got going on, whatever it is you got going on living life. So appreciate you, RBV, and great to have you back here on the Monday Locker Room, Infidel. What else going on? Anything? I think, you know, it is crazy. You're talking about all that time ago where you and Big Ray started. Hey, that's that's how I started this journey in, in the podcasting, listening to you guys, uh, you know, each and every week, yeah. uh, listening to you do the dailies and, and all that, all that tremendous content content and, and here we are all these years later all of us still together doing what we do doing what we love representing the, the hameen army still talking this this damn pro wrestling uh, <laughs> but for me hey, a lot of work here as we wrap up the season at the track that's where i've been at really really busy mm-hmm. uh we got a bunch of content coming at you if you want to keep up with any of that, that racing stuff follow my personal page uh, Richard Brunson-Baker on Facebook, across all social media, at The Real RVV. And, of course, I've got a bunch of photos, back photos of, of RVV Eats Out. Hashtag RVV Eats Out that I need to get released, so uh, keep your eyes out for those. Awesome, man. Yeah, I was uh, it was in the chat earlier. I think Frank asked, it looks like November 18th, maybe the next Immortal show, Heath Slater announced as a uh, the big headliner for that one as well. So we'll be uh, on the road uh, until then, but uh, I'm just doing all cannabis. You guys uh, trying to get everything locked down. I got to do the SmackDown live review here with Stevie in just a minute, but uh, we got all, uh, you guys know where it is at Ben underscore Hami and everything that we got going on, uh, but it's the Monday locker room infidels back with hostage. Number one, R to the B to the V. Maybe I'll get BRV in here too. And we'll get, Double hostage, pal. Yeah, I like that. But first of all, first of all, don't tell me what to do. It's the Monday locker room here, Hami Media Group. Y'all, law. Oh, Japanese. <laughs>